the Daily Ding. Happy Monday. We've got all of your weekend NBA action covered. I'm Zach Harper. I've got Justin Rowan. I've got Eden Liu. Rob Lopez is behind the scenes somewhere doing something. Actually, he's at a party with T.I. What is it? Oh. But eventually he'll edit this thing and make it sound all good. Uh, coming up on the show today, we have a messy trade scenario with the Washington Wizards and the Phoenix Suns. We have the death of the Kangs, and the Nets can't be stopped. But first, guys, another big Raptors loss on a Sunday and another no-show from Big Waz. Nuggets 95, <laughs> Raptors 86, another hugely impressive win for the Nuggets this season. Denver used an 18-0 run from the two-minute mark of the third quarter to the 7:42 mark of the fourth quarter to take control of this game. They basically dared everyone not named Kawhi Leonard to, to beat them. OG Ananobi, go ahead and shoot threes. CJ Miles, go ahead and shoot threes. And he's actually a good shooter. Uh, Raptors just could not hit anything from deep. Kawhi Leonard, 29 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. Nikola Jokic had 26 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He was just destructive for the Nuggets in the second half. Uh, Jamal Murray got hot in the second half, finished with 19 points. No Kyle Lowry in this game. Raptors bench was terrible. Uh, Eden, I'll start with you. Uh, Denver, contender, pretender, somewhere in the middle? I'm going with somewhere in the middle, right? Maybe a little bit above somewhere in the middle right now because they do have Gary Harris out and um, Millsap out also. I think they're fun, but they... They're kind of like for the first three quarters, I honestly didn't think that they were going to be able to catch up to the Raptors. Same. Absolutely same. But then Murray just got too hot for them in the fourth and never really cooled off even after Kawhi came back in the game. Uh, so being able to close games is what makes them contenders, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they're really good at home. They, all this, you know, with the injuries and everything, the cushion they've built, uh, the fact that they're still winning games despite these injuries – like they, if they can get a first round series at home, um, that's that's a really hard place to play. They're they're twelve and three uh, at home this season at the Pepsi Center. I think it's still called the Pepsi Center. No one drinks Pepsi, by the way, so that's a terrible name. Uh, <laughs> Justin, this Raptors team was it concerning, or is it just they simply miss shots at altitude? I I think it's injuries. It's missing shots. Last game of a road trip, they they go two and two on the trip. They they had some impressive wins in there. Uh, obviously no Kyle Lowry is really going to impact things. Uh, DeLon Wright was making a lot of poor decisions down the stretch there. Um, and then you just had a uh, hot showing from Murray. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Rob, throw in a Murray in there. Murray from, uh, from Stugatz. <laughs> if you, if you're listening, he's not listening at this point, but if you can yeah, throw in a Murray there throughout, just throughout while we're randomly talking, use it as a sensor. Even if we're not swearing, just use it to make, you know, theater of the mind, that whole thing that it means sense. Let's just make the, the audience think that we're just saying awful things. It's being covered up by Murray. Murray! Um, I'm with you. Like, it, it did seem a little bit, it's hard to, it feels weird to blame, like, injuries in this game because the Nuggets are so injured, right? right. For the, for the <laughs> yeah, Raptors no, end for of sure. it. But you definitely saw, like, I think it's a good point in terms of just, even when Kyle Lowry isn't good, he still directs that team really well. And Eden, I, you saw like DeLon Wright is good. Uh, Lorenzo Brown's like not a bad third or fourth point guard, but uh, no Van Vliet in this game. Um, you saw that they really didn't have a ton of direction. They had to run probably too much through Danny Green dribbling. And Eden, I don't, I don't think anybody wants Danny Green dribbling. No, no, we don't. We just need him shooting. Are we being the Raptors? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now you've joined. Now you've joined Nits and you've joined no. Waz. Is this yeah, what's, this is this what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if we can. Uh, also, just throwing this out there. I know Valanciunas is hurt. Way too much Greg Monroe in this game. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He was a minus 14 in 13 minutes. The, the Raptors bench really was just terrible. Um, I love the, the game from Monty Morris, 12 points, four rebounds, four assists off the bench. Played like they played 38 minutes off the bench in this game. They really didn't he's go been to a really defense. good lately. He's good, Eden. Like he's really, yeah. really good. Like even when Isaiah Thomas comes back, and Justin, I think you can speak to this. I don't think you want Isaiah Thomas in any of those roles that Monty Morris is in. No, we still haven't seen Isaiah Thomas in a role where he's around other guys that need the ball um, and actually be successful. Like, it, it was a disaster in Phoenix. Uh, obviously, injuries have kind of hurt who he was. But um, in, in Boston, like, it, it was primarily kind of catch-and-shoot guys. Al Horford would create opportunities for him. So how he adjusts to that role when he does come back is going to be really interesting. I, I don't think that's something that you can just pencil in as this is going to turn the team around or, or help them uh, with their, their bench scoring. Eden, I asked you the question about the Nuggets, whether or not they're pretenders, contenders, or somewhere in the middle. Raptors, pretenders or super pretenders? Because clearly... They're pretenders. Yeah, they, we're not doing this again, right? <laughs> I was pretenders. Willing, we're I was, not doing this again. I'm willing to give Kawhi Leonard all the benefit of the doubt and then just hammer the Raptors for old time's sake. Yeah. That's fair. Everybody listen up. It is Monday, which means you have two days before the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel.com. Just go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. That's B, the number two, and then B again. It's a two sandwich with B as the bread on both ends. That kind of works. FanDuel.com slash B2B. Sign up for an account. Deposit $5. Get $5 back from FanDuel. That means you now have $10 in your account, and you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday Eden's a part of this. The whole group is a part of this. Jade is really bad at it, so you know you'll finish higher than him. Uh, shout out to last week's winner, Rich Guns. Rich Guns coming through. Got to join the mailbag on Friday um, with a, with another big victory. It's really him and, and Andre Trotti kind of battling it out this, this season. So go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up, deposit, play with us on the back-to-back Wednesday challenge, win it, come on the mailbag, yell at everybody. News from the weekend, we just have one big news item, and that is the Trevor Ariza trade fiasco. The Phoenix Suns, uh, it was reported Friday night, the Phoenix Suns were ready to move him to the Wizards uh, as the centerpiece of a three-team deal involving the Memphis Grizzlies, obviously the Suns, and then the Wizards. Uh, Then what we're calling Brooksgate happened. The Suns thought they were getting Dylan Brooks from, from the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies thought they were sending Marshawn Brooks Big difference between those two, and that comes as someone who once said that Marshawn Brooks was going to be one of the best players from his draft. We can ignore that little bit of uh, throwback analysis. Uh, The Grizzlies then pulled out of the deal completely. Uh, Grizzlies GM Chris Wallace said, What happened last night was unfathomable. I've never experienced this before. That forced me to do something I've never done in 30-plus years working in this league with seven teams is drag two players out of a locker room and tell them they've been traded and then eventually have to come back and tell them, oh, no, you haven't been traded. We ask a lot of these guys, and we try to communicate with them at all times. We do not want them to know about trades from another party. We want to be the ones to tell them. We were forced to come in at that time and say something that put us in a very difficult situation. Uh, We will get to the actual trade that happened in a little bit, but Justin... This is a crazy thing. Like, other than the Chris Paul, like, no, like, no, like, we're going to undo that trade from David Stern years ago. I can't think of a, a deal like this where where there was so much confusion over what was happening. Right. I, I mean, I absolutely loved it from a pure chaos oh, standpoint. Great content, it, as Darren Ravel would say. It, it is one of the funniest NBA stories that I can recall. 
And yeah, as, as I said, that's a difficult position to put yourself in where you've traded players, you've already talked to them, and then you have to go back and say, actually, you guys are sticking around. Um, and, and it's also just funny to see, because what we do, it's always knee-jerk reactions where we look at, okay, what's our take on this trade? So everyone's weighing in, everyone's giving their opinions, and then everything gets reversed very quickly. So it, it was funny to see kind of everybody just trying to keep up with the news as they came in. Uh, but it, it's just a, an absolute nightmare. I, I, to me, it's still baffling that at no point did Memphis and Phoenix talk directly before the call went in and, and clarify who's being traded. I, I, I guess if they did, they only said the last name Brooks for some reason. Uh, but the, the whole situation is just fascinating to me. So, Eden, here's my confusion. is If, if you're Memphis and you know – and I'm not trying to blame Memphis for this, but just, this is just where my mind goes. You know you have two players with the last name Brooks on the roster. If, you think, if, it's, yeah. if it's not clear – don't you at one point go, hey, guys, by the way, we know we're talking about Marshawn here, right? Right. It it seems a little weird that, that at no point in time when you, like you said, there's two players with the last name Brooks that you mentioned first names. It was funny seeing the texts come in from Woj saying like one minute it was Dylan Brooks and then like three minutes later it was saying that it was Marshawn and that's when the confusion started to unravel. It's just, um, yeah, it's insane to me. So the deal that ended up going through is the Wizards and the Suns decided to resurrect the talks after Memphis dropped out because they weren't going to trade Dylan Brooks, which, I, by the way, I completely agree with. Like, what a dumb trade. Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me that they right. would do that. But uh, the Suns then trade Ariza to the Wizards straight up. Well, not straight up. For Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers. And I guess for Washington, Justin, like, I sort of get why they do this deal. If you don't want to be a part of Kelly Oubre's restricted free agency, I get that because I do think he's going to – like he's hitting he's hitting the market in a summer where there's going to be a lot of cap space. And so I right. get that. Like if you think a team like Brooklyn who always comes in and throws these crazy offer sheets at teams, if you think they're going to come in and, and try to steal them, yeah, you don't want to match that money when you already have all this money out to Wall, Beal, and, and Otto Porter. But at the same time, all you got out of the- – Kelly Oubre was a year of Trevor Ariza, and maybe you get to re-sign him? Right. I, I mean, theoretically, I, I don't think it's clear-cut that for the rest of the season, Trevor Ariza is going to be better than Oubre. Like, I think he's going to bring something to the locker room, but he hasn't exactly been playing really well this year. Um, he might have a bit of a Tyson Chandler resurgence once you get out of Phoenix. Um, but it, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a guarantee. And if you're not going to pay Oubre uh, this summer, that that's fine. Like you can still let him walk, but I don't think there's necessarily a guarantee that they're, they're going to sign a reason or that they're going to want to there. So to me, it's a little bit baffling. I, I think Austin rivers is actually going to be a little helpful for Phoenix just because they have no point guards there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, but for Washington, like it just felt like they, they could have done a little bit better than this. It, it feels like an overpay. I, I don't even know if Oubre is going to stay in Phoenix. It, it's possible that they end up flipping him. Um, but it 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 just seems like a, a typical Wizards move that is kind of done out of panic and and a, a quick fix in, in their eyes to to try to change the locker room. Yeah, Ernie Grunfeld remains employed, which is you know that's actually like I know we kill him over that. That's a goal to be that bad at your job oh, and still have that kind great. of job security is is phenomenal. Eden, uh, if you're the Suns, do you think you want to you want to have the whole process of Kelly Oubre 
hits restricted free agency and you, you either sign him or you match his contract? Or do you think you'd rather flip him for another asset or another piece uh, before the trade deadline? I think you'd rather flip him before the trade deadline because there's going to be a team that will take Kelly for what he is right now. Yeah. But the Suns are obviously in a rebuilding year. They have more time to figure it out on instead of being committed to when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think for at least this whole process like you have a bunch of those guys, right? Like you have a Josh Jackson, yeah. you have uh Mikael Bridges, like you have guys, like a bunch of, you have TJ Warren, you have a bunch of switchy wings, like not that Oubre isn't valuable and, and can't be better than those guys, but I just don't, I don't know that you're maximizing your team's cap space moving forward and the construction of that roster if, you, if you're keeping him instead of flipping him. Everybody, tickets are running out. If you want to go to Boston Live, Count the Dings back-to-back live podcast show Saturday, March 2nd. It's at the end of the Sloan Conference. It's at the Middle East in Boston. Not the uh, part of the world, but it's a place, a venue in Boston. You can go watch us do our live podcast, hang out with us after, have a really good time. Tickets are on sale to the general public. VIP is sold out. But go to patreon.com slash count the dings, become a Patreon subscriber, get into the Discord, and then maybe you can get a, a VIP on the ticket on the uh, secondary market you can go to count the dings twitter or jade's twitter page at jade underscore hoy for ticket links again march 2nd at the middle east in boston end of the sloan analytics conference come see our live show let's get to the other action from sunday pacers 110 Knicks 99 pacers improved to 20 and 10 on the season third best winning percentage in the east right now uh, we're not totally taking them seriously yet, but we, they're making me take them more and more seriously each game. Victor Oladipo, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals. Miles Turner had 24 points for the Pacers. DeMontis Sabonis had 13 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists off the bench. Ennis Cantor led the Knicks with 20 and 15. No one really cares about what the Knicks did in this game, though. <laughs> Wizards 128, Lakers 110. Big win for the Wizards. Trevor Ariza has fixed their problems, even though he's not officially on the team yet, because that trade call goes through Monday morning, as you're listening to this, probably. John Wall led the way with 40 points, 14 assists. Bradley Beal had 25 points, 12 rebounds. Sam Decker with 20 points off the bench. Uh, LeBron was terrible in this game. 13 points on 16 shots and just three assists. Lakers were on a back-to-back. Kuzma had 20. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had 25 off the bench. Uh, Justin, what did you see from this game from the Lakers side of it? Yeah, it it was clearly one of those games where it's a back-to-back. You're playing on the East Coast. It it was just kind of a write-off. Their their whole weekend was kind of that because Charlotte had played OT game the night before. They played the Lakers, and then they get run out of the gym, and then the same thing happens here for Washington. Uh, John Wall just he he played out of his mind. It's he doesn't do it as often anymore. But when Wall actually does put together a good game, it's really impressive to see how well he can play. And and maybe he was auditioning for the Lakers. Maybe that's what the, the real storyline for this game was. Was he's just going out there trying to get traded? Clutch Sports at it again. Uh, I would like if someone could look up the stats of John Wall since he got a haircut. I think that's an important breakdown. Oh, and and yeah, then you yeah, mentioned yeah. you mentioned the back-to-backs. Like, Lakers were on a back-to-back before that. The Hornets were on the back-to-back when they faced the Lakers the night before. It's a real back-to-back human centipede situation we got going here. That's an uncomfortable <laughs> thing to say. Heat 102, Pelicans 96. Miami Heat continue to choke the life out of teams with their defense. Josh Richardson led the Heat with 22 points. Dwayne Wade had 19 off the bench. Hit a tough runner with about, a, I want to say, like a minute left over Anthony Davis to that basically put this one away and kept the Pelicans uh, from really making a comeback. 
Hassan Whiteside, 17 points, 12 rebounds. He'd had 22 offensive rebounds in this game. Anthony Davis, spectacular again, 27 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Didn't matter. Drew Holiday had 22 points. Pelicans bench was terrible in this game, aside from Etwan Moore. Kings 120, Mavs 113. Guys, the Kings are good. RIP Kings with a Z. This is the Kings' best start since 2004-2005 when they started 20-9 and in their first 29 games. It's also the first time since 2004-2005 that they have been above 500 after 29 games. De'Aaron Fox, 28 points. Buddy Heald, 28 points. Most improved backcourt, if that's a fake award we can make up right now. Luka Doncic was really good, led the Mavs with 28 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. Um, it's a kind of a here's what you missed out on revenge game for him since the Kings passed up on him, uh, but they seem to be doing okay without him. DeAndre Jordan led the Mavs with 23 rebounds and uh, countless of examples of him not rotating on defense because why play defense when you don't really have to? Harrison Barnes had 15 points on 16 shots. Mavs couldn't make their threes. Uh, Eden, the Kings. We know they're fun. We know they've been good. Are they for real? Like, is this a team that will be in the playoff hunt all season long? I think they will be in the playoff hunt all season long because starting the season, I it, it was it almost seemed surreal. Like, why? How are the Kings winning so many games? Um, and then you, I started watching a few of their games just because they kept winning. And yeah, like you said, they're a lot of fun. And Buddy Hield has finally become the player that we always thought he could become when he was in new Orleans. Um, so yeah, I think the Kings are definitely going to be floating around that eight to 11 spot going into the playoffs. Justin, I, I can't believe I'm going to ask this, but you're a Cavs fan. Um, do you <laughs> hope that they, that the Cavs replicate what the Kings are doing? To, to some extent. Um, I actually, I, I wrote about that uh, after the, uh, the recap uh, when the Cavs played them, I, I said, as sad as it is, uh, there's a lot of things that the Cavs should actually take away as positive things from the Kings, which is just a horrifying sentiment. But uh, you, you look at what they've done They're They're giving opportunities to young guys. And last season uh, they, they kind of made a pivot mid year towards that. And they let guys make mistakes, go out there, they, but they were trying, right? Like they, they were working towards something. And, and I think that's something that all rebuilding teams or, or young teams can kind of look towards. And, and I'm not saying that the Kings are a model franchise, uh, but they, I think they've, they've done a lot of good things there. De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald are, are just exceptional. Uh, Heald in particular, like I, I still think Fox is getting so much attention and, and credit and justifiably so. But Buddy Heald is playing out of his mind. Like he, yeah, he is really, really, really establishing himself as one of the better guards in the league. Yeah, he's been he's just been lights out. And he can he can just flat out score. Uh, Nets one four. Speaking of flat out scoring, Nets one forty four, Hawks one twenty seven. That is five straight wins for the Nets. They are thirteen and eighteen, and because there are six teams fighting for eight playoff spots in the East, they are only two games back of the eight seed uh, against Orlando. D'Angelo Russell thirty two points, seven assists, six rebounds in this game. Eight different Nets. We're in double figures. Nets went from with this out with this offensive outpouring in this game. The Nets went from 15th in offensive rating before the game to now they're 10th, just from a 144 game. Uh, Trey Young had 13 points, 10 assists. John Collins had 29 points. Dwayne Dedman 24 points, 12 rebounds. That's a weird sentence to say out loud. Sixers 128, Cavs 105. Ben Simmons with a triple double: 22 points, 14 assists, 11 rebounds. Joel Embiid was really good: 24 points, nine rebounds. Seemed to like his role with Jimmy Butler back in the lineup: 19 points in his first game back from the groin injury. Uh, Jordan Clarkson and Chetty Osman had uh, 18 each to lead the Cavs. 
Eden, what did you see from the Sixers in this game as they as they they were able to exude their dominance over a crippled, broken Cavs team? I'm so sorry, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were able to keep their turnovers down to only 10, and Ben had zero turnovers to accompany that triple-double. That's really good for the Sixers because I think they're bottom five in the league in turnovers. Um, and like you said, Jimmy Butler being back from a two-game absence allowed for, I think, Brett Brown to only – to keep Joe's minutes, Joel's minutes under 30. So that's good because he's been playing a lot of minutes. Um, but yeah, this was just overall a really good showing from the Sixers. Let's get to the line of the weekend. We've got a bunch of candidates. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 44 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists in a win over the Cavs. Sorry again, Justin. On Friday night, Joel Embiid, 40 points, 21 rebounds, and a loss to the Pacers on Friday. Steph Curry had 35-7-6 in a win over the Kings on Friday night. LeBron had a triple-double, and Lonzo Ball had a triple-double. 24-12-11 for LeBron, 16-10-10 for Lonzo in their win over the Hornets on Saturday. It's the first teammates to record a triple-double in the same game since Jason Kidd and Vince Carter pulled it off back in 2007 when the Nets were still in New Jersey. James Harden had 32-12-10 in a win over the Grizzlies. John Wall, 40 points, 14 assists, 6 rebounds in Sunday's win over the Lakers. Uh, Eden, please tell me who gets your line of the weekend. I'm giving it to LeBron and Lonzo. The the duo. Yeah, that's just it's cute, and it's, <laughs> even though they lost their next game, it was that's, it no was, no it just leave fun. it at that. That's the perfect okay. description for the yeah, Lakers. No, this it was. Season. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you cute. know they're cute. Yeah, it was cute. cute. No, I like that. Uh, Justin, who are you going with? I'm going to go with Giannis. Uh, it's not like beating up on the Cavs is really that difficult, but just the way he did it was so impressive. Uh, he, he was a freak of nature out there. Uh, and I think he had either eight or nine dunks in that game, which was just absurd to watch. So uh, it, I, I got to give it to him. Uh, I'm going to go John Wall. Now, I, I'm here for the jokes this year, and I'm here for <laughs> trashing the Wizards. But I really enjoy when John Wall plays well. He's just one of my favorite players to watch when he's motivated and cares and doesn't fully hate his teammates. And I don't fully hate him. So 40 points, 14 assists, six rebounds in the win uh, Sunday over the Lakers. I'll take that. Uh, for my line of the weekend make sure to like us on facebook that's uh you go to the internet and you go facebook.com slash count the dings like us on facebook interact on there check out all the back-to-back shows from the past week including the patreon exclusive basketball buds episode from last tuesday we had a nerder she wrote with ethan strauss on thursday check out the b-o-m-m podcast on its own feed with a new episode on monday uh woke bros is also on the same channel check out that alex spyro episode that was very good very interesting uh, you can find that on any platform you listen to with podcasts. Also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the Daily Ding, as well as the uh, back-to-back network, including Kian Fahey's NFL pod, The Interceptable, uh, which has a great co-host named Zach Harper, and, of course, The House of Strauss, which is always good because Ethan is a psychopath. Uh, thanks for waking <laughs> up with us. Thanks for uh, wrapping up your weekend and starting your week with us. We're uh, we're going to be in all week. we got Dave DeFore coming in this week. we got a big week of action leading up to the holiday week. So please come back and join us. Go brush your teeth, eat egos, do all that good stuff. Uh, Eden, hit me with a ding-ding for Black Trek. Ding-ding. Ding-ding.